Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! How about we switch it up a little bit? Talk some Big Sky Conference football. <laughs> well, she talks some high school football today, too. And uh, all the way around the world of sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Appreciate you being here. No matter how you're tuning in, we are coming to you. Coulter Nuana's, I am, coming to you through the uh, ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company. Locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and proud to say so. Fun show today. We're going to go across the sidelines times two. Aaron Best will join us here in about 10 minutes. The head coach of the Eastern Washington Eagles. And then Bruce Barnum will join us in hour number two. A little excerpt from our interview last week. We also have some other Portland State insight. Joe Terry, who joined us uh, in August. He uh, runs Vikings Valhalla, which is a... Uh, Substack newsletter about Portland State athletics, specifically football. A guy with some Montana ties as well. He used to work up there in Kalispell as a sports writer. So he uh, will join us at the top of the hour as well. So we'll give you an uh, insight and some uh, details about Eastern Washington, who hosts Montana State on Saturday, and Portland State, who comes to Missoula on Saturday. Big Sky Conference play uh, officially upon us. Uh, we also... We'll talk some high school football. There's a handful of Class A teams that are left undefeated, including the defending champion, Hamilton Bronx. Our Andrew Houghton, our producer and uh, contributing reporter here at ESPN Radio, he uh, caught up with Tyson Bowder. He's the quarterback there for Hamilton. And uh, first time in a long time they have a quarterback not named Rostad, yet the uh, results have been largely the same. A whole bunch of winning down there. Uh, in the Bitterroot Valley, so we'll catch up with Tyson as well. Uh, we're going to have some Grizz uh, analysis from uh, the Grizz side of things entering this homecoming game. They got a new practice schedule at Montana. It's not new, but their special teams meetings are like 20 minutes later than they were last year. So Bobby Houck used to get out to practice about 3 o'clock, and so I could catch him before practice. But my Montana's head coach hasn't been getting out there until – about 3.45 lately, and so I haven't been able to catch up with Coach Houck for our pre-practice interview. So we will have our Houck highlights today, and it'll just be me paraphrasing a lot of the stuff that he said on the uh, coaches show last night with Riley Corcoran, our great friend. And then about 5.30, we'll also have Dr. Michael Wright from Missoula Bone & Joint uh, joining us. Uh, 
to talk about some sports injuries. It's our sports medicine journal. So I haven't done one of those in a little while, but uh, that should be a fun one as well. So there you go. That's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all questions you might have in the real estate world in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show? ESPN Montana app is a great way to do that, as is our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and you will find the stream. You want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You're going to want to remember that because we got a free six-pack of beer and a free sandwich courtesy of Warden's Market. That's coming up about 40 minutes from now. So stay tuned to remember that number, 406-888-1029. And uh, all guests today will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You're going to want to remember that to call in in about 40 minutes to win those prizes. But also, uh, if you want to text us, you want to be a part of the show, certainly feel free to do so. And uh, the station line can go right to my telephone and my laptop. And uh, if you want to contribute to the conversation, uh, we appreciate any and all contributions. Thursday night football back uh, tonight. Usually, uh, I'm always checking out the lines and seeing uh, who's doing what and seeing uh, what the spreads are like and, and what the scores might be. Tonight, the Steelers play the Browns. So, a big uh, AFC North game between a pair of one on one teams that we don't really know much about yet. Are they good? Are they not good? The Steelers looked really good in week one against the Bengals. But then they lost T.J. Watt, their best player, to a season-ending injury. It actually might have been adjusted to not be fully season-ending, but he'll be out for a while, out indefinitely. And now the, the Bengals are 0-2, so maybe it's not the, the, the best of the best wins. The Browns won in week one, and then last week... Gave up, seriously, the single biggest uh, comeback in NFL history. There had never been a team that had rallied from more than four, from 14 points or more down with less than two minutes to play in the history of the National Football League, and it happened last week as the New York football playing Jets come all the way back and uh, rally for a 31-30 win over the Browns. So how did the Browns uh, bounce back? Cleveland, a four-and-a-half-point favorite tonight uh, in uh, – it, uh, on their home field. So maybe we'll talk some NFL uh, a little later on in the show uh, as well. We, uh, just because of scheduling order, uh, Joe Terry will join us at the top of the hour, uh, the top of the 5 o'clock hour, to talk all things uh, Portland State as the Vikings come here. Uh, so let's talk about this Eastern Washington-Montana State game. It's uh, it's fascinating Uh the passion that you fans have out there, uh, both sides of the rivalry. Uh, It's also interesting to me uh, how much a result can impact the conversation. I was live there in person last week in Portland. Montana State did not play well. They not only were they physically overmatched, which was to be expected, playing a, a upper tier Pac-12 team, an Oregon State team that I think is going to be better than any team they've had in quite some time. But also, the, there was just a lot of of details that was is pretty apparent watching uh, that were their flaws of Montana State's. Here's the the deal, though. There's two different types of there's two major problems you can have uh, in football in college football. You can have operational problems where you're not getting lined up right or, it, you know, the, the leadership isn't being communicated communicated properly or, uh, you know, misassignments, mental errors, you know, poor, poor uh, in-game operations. Or you can have a talent issue. The Cats don't have a talent issue. I, I think the Cats have good talent. I don't think they have nearly the talent they had a year ago. But they have good talent. They have several players that I think could, should, and probably will be among the most talented players in the Big Sky Conference. I think they have one of the better offensive lines in the league. If that offensive line keeps playing above its head, they have an opportunity to be one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, 
the uh, defensive line has a lot of, of talented guys, especially guys that are younger that, that are going to continue to improve, like Sebastian Valdez and Brody Greeby. Montana State just needs to figure out how to get on the same page. They need to figure out a way to step up. Like Brent Vegan said on this show yesterday, if you see something, say something. That's exactly what they got to do. They got to figure out a way uh, to, to establish a hierarchy of leadership, reestablish a hierarchy of leadership defensively, and then get everybody on the same page, get clicking and, and get rolling. All that said, a 68-28 loss is not a good loss to go into conference play against. Uh, go, go into conference play coming off of, excuse me. But... I don't think that the ship is sinking or that uh, it's doomsday there in Bozeman by any means. I think once we get into conference play, I think the Cats are one of the hardest teams in the league to gauge so far because they played two teams they were supposed to destroy, and they did. And I don't even know if they played that well in either of those games, but they straight ran roughshod over McNeese State and Moorhead State. And then they didn't play well at all against a a team that was completely more talented than they are in Oregon State. So I think that there's the, they're the team in the league that actually is maybe one of the hardest to gauge. They also play a team in Eastern Washington that's one of the hardest teams in the league to gauge. I think that Eastern Washington's success is going to be defined by two factors. I think they still have great players on the perimeter offensively. I think Efton Chisholm and Freddie Robertson have an opportunity to be one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. And they, both of them were already productive last year, even though they had two other outstanding guys in Andrew Boston and Tololo Limo Jones. Uh, I think Eastern's been good on the offensive line for 25 years, so I think that they'll they'll continue that tradition. Part of that's the the, the base that they have to recruit from, the, the strategy they have for developing guys, and and the fact that their their head coach Aaron Best, who will join us here in just a minute, is an offensive lineman and, and an offensive line coach in his essence. So uh, Eastern though. Their success will be defined on can they be solid enough and opportunistic enough defensively to help cater to an offense that wants to get into shootouts? And then how does Gunnar Tockington play? Tockington is a super senior uh, for the Eagles. Again, it's waited his turn, sat behind Gage Gubrud and Eric Berrier, a former walk-on from Monroe, Washington, who then earned himself a full scholarship. I mean, I interviewed Efton Chisholm, the receiver, earlier this week, and he said that uh, Talkington has a better arm than Eric Berry, which is saying something because Eric Berry could spin it. I, I think he's talking velocity just in terms of you know throwing the dart across the middle. But Berry was so good at throwing that lofting deep ball, so good at throwing from so many different arm angles and uh, on the run and under pressure and all that. But as it has been the last 20 years, the Eagles will go how their quarterback goes, and they've had seven ridiculously good quarterbacks in a row is Gunnar Tockington the next one? We'll see. He was the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week in Week 1, coming out of their win over Tennessee State. Uh, didn't do much against Oregon. That's not that surprising. And then Eastern had a bye last week. So th- I think it's a big game. I actually think th- the biggest game in the Big Sky Conference this week is Montana State at Eastern Washington, simply because I think it's going to tell us about these two teams, two of the teams we know some of the least about. Across the sidelines, presented by Vance Thompson Vision, Montana State, they are headed west on I-90 to take on Eastern Washington. Big Sky Conference opener for both squads. We're joined now by Eastern Washington head coach Aaron Best. Uh, and coach, just take us through, uh, just start with the beginning part of the season for you guys. You have a, a good opener against Tennessee State, Eddie George and the boys coming to town, and you get a good win. Then you play at Oregon, and then you have a bye. So uh, sort of a, a, a atypical beginning to the season. How have you been able to gauge your team so far uh, with just two games here the first three weeks? Well, you know, there, there's obviously been some good stuff, Coulter. Uh, it's, it's atypical, unique. Uh, not normal, however you want to put it, uh, as far as kind of the, the year in and of itself. Um, you know, last year we had the guys back for, for two senior years, you know, in the 21 class. So this is the first time for this, really this fall of 2022, six-year senior, to kind of lead this this bunch from spring to summer to fall camp to games. Um, it hasn't uh, hasn't been smooth, but we don't want it to be smooth. We want it to be difficult. We we expect it to be difficult, and uh, and we the more difficult it is, the more prepared we become. Um, obviously, one on one isn't where we want to be, but it's where we're at. Uh, we we played pretty steady at pockets against Tennessee State. A good Tennessee State team that came in and uh, uh, had a, a trans quarterback that, that obviously uh, threw up some good numbers, and they had a back to win over 
for over 200 yards, getting acquainted with our two linebackers that are new starters this year after having Senebach and Graham for the last couple of years and leaning on those guys. And so it's a learning experience for all going to Eugene and, and uh, against a really, really good football team that uh, got beat the week before that obviously showed the week after us against BYU played really, really well on, on, on the Pac-12 network. And, and that, that's who they are. They just weren't that uh, way in, in Atlanta the, the week before against a good Georgia team. So it'll be fun to get into conference after a bye. Never had a bye, I don't think, two games in the season. So it is different. Different's okay. Um, you know, we're a creature of habit, but sometimes it's good to get out of the, the habits, to break up the habits, to, to, to do something new. So we'll get into, into league uh, this week against Montana State and then get out of league next week and then stay in league for the last seven weeks of the, of the season. One thing I want to ask you about is sort of like you're talking about, sort of the transfer of, of leadership, because I've talked to coaches around the league about this exact uh, dynamic, because you had this multiple year span where the guys that were sort of the, well, the anointed leaders, the guys that have risen to the top of your program, then they got to hold that role for two plus years because you, maybe you're playing in the spring, maybe you're not, whatever. But, you know, we missed the whole 2020 fall. And, and so you basically had two years coming between 2019 and 2021 leading up to that. I mean, Montana State's a great example. They got to have, you know, Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy leading the way for, for several seasons as the, these super seniors. So, uh, when it, when those guys are gone, then how do you sort of reestablish that? What are the challenges uh, for for the guys to sort of rise up and take those leadership roles when they've been used to other guys having them for so long? Well, I think there's 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 two big points uh, under that leadership piece is is the length of leadership was longer than normal uh, for for the entire class, not because of a one off medical or a one off situation where a guy may come back for a sixth um, in a normal situation or a seventh in a COVID situation. Uh, so I think the, the the abnormalcy of all the entire class having a a sixth or a seventh fall uh, for that extended period of time of leadership is different because normally you have one senior year and then the next group is kind of learning from those guys um, that uh, that take it from those guys as they are seniors the the, the next fall. Uh, the other thing with that is the the guys that we had were not only leaders but they're very productive on the field. So some, some guys, especially Eric Berry and Tololo Lima Jones and Jack Sinabach and Ty Graham, there's some guys that had some gaudy numbers. Dennis Merritt was leading the nation in touchdowns for a better part of seven or eight weeks of the season. Um, it, so you lose leadership, but you lose a lot of statistical leadership too. Um, so that's kind of a two-pronged piece where it's not just in the locker room leading and uh, and helping the guys mature and learn in the locker room, but also in the field. Those guys are are really relied upon and counted on uh, to have their their good days on Saturday. So. Um, it is a challenge, but that, that's what we face every year. It just was a unique year because of, of the sixth year uh, for the first time around. Now it's the sixth year for the second time around. And again, like anything, you, you learn from your first time. And so uh, those guys are, are learning for the first time. Guys like Gunnar Tockington that, you know, watched Gage Gubru to watch Eric Berrier obtain a lot of records and a lot of nominations and had a lot of good Saturdays. Now it's his time to do it, but he's got a shorter version of time to do it. So it's been fun, uh, but also been challenging. Uh, but it, that, that's how you mature. You, you kind of learn and kind of figure it out. You kind of experiment and then you evaluate and then take the evaluation and, and apply it going forward. So um, very unique, um, very unique. And uh, it's it's fun to be part of the unique piece. And, and we're still in the infant stage of seeing what this 2022 you know, football team here at Eastern is, you know, is going to identify as, you know, as a complimentary team, as a lean on run, as an RPO, is a pressure defense, is a, is a zone defense. We're, we're still kind of learning because we're only eight quarters into the season. Aaron Best joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. He's the head coach of Eastern Washington. It's our Across the Sidelines, presented by Vance Thompson Vision. Vance Thompson Vision, helping you see across the sidelines all season long, visit VanceThompsonVision.com to see how they can help you, whether it's LASIK surgery, cataracts, or any other vision correction. Vance Thompson Vision, VanceThompsonVision.com. Uh, you mentioned Gunnar Talkington. I uh, interviewed him yesterday. A uh, great young man. Uh, really thought he was insightful in all the things that he had to say. But also, Coach, atypical in this day and age. We've seen so many guys, so many positions, when they're not getting the playing time maybe they think they, they want or deserve they leave, and that's particularly true with quarterbacks because oftentimes you don't rotate quarterbacks, and if you got Eric Berrier, you definitely don't rotate quarterbacks. 
But this young man's waited his turn. And uh, first game out, he's the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week. So uh, what have you thought of both his patience and his development? What gives you confidence in Gunnar Talkington? Well, I, I think he, he's, he's, a, he's a very good football mind. I think he understands uh, what he's capable of, um, going to take calculated risks, but also going to get rid of the ball when he needs to get rid of the ball. He's a competitor. He likes to be tackled. So he's, he's, he's one of those quarterbacks that, that almost in a weird way wants to get hit early in the game, whether it's run or pass, uh, to, to, to kind of get the feel of the game. Um, he, he is a guy that uh, is, is sat with his receivers and, and the running backs and the tight ends all offseason uh, without any prompting to get timing down, to speak some of the same languages, to understand – depths and, and, and nuances of, of certain individuals. Um, and he's done that on, on his own and brought those guys together because it's a bunch that wants to get better. I mean, it's offensively, it, it is it is fun to watch those guys, not in practice, but outside of practice, to want to get better. They, they just don't want to know what plays we're going to run or what we're going to implement. They want to be the best at it. And Gunnar talking and knows that. He's witnessed that for the last few years, and he wants to be part of that going forward. And so um, he, he's a special individual. Uh, he is a former walk-on uh, turned full scholarship starter. Uh, again, arguably behind the, the best, most illustrious you know career in uh, Big Sky and East Washington University history with Eric Berrier. So the, the bar was set very high. And he 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 didn't grab the bar and try to lower it. He knows that that was set high for a reason and needs to stay high for 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 various reasons. And uh, he's he's looking to achieve that. But uh, he is a not allowed person by nature. Uh, but he he is a very very intense competitor, uh, especially between the lines. So um, all he wanted was a chance. After Eric left, I told him absolutely you have a chance. Go earn it. And he did that in spring and established himself even further in fall. So we're excited and lucky to have Gunner uh, lead us forward as we uh, head into Game Three. One thing that's been uh, so consistent and so consistently fun to analyze about Eastern Washington as well is just the fact that you guys have had such continuity and and so much of a consistent identity. I know you've had some uh, tweaks on the defensive side of the ball, given whoever's the coordinator, but it seems offensively it's always been, uh, broadly at least, about the same things. What's different about this year's team, or and how I guess how have you been able to maintain that identity, and, and what are some of the details that are different about this year's team? Well, I think I think when you look when you look at a system that that works at a high level or over the course of time, I think sustainability at a high level in anything is the hardest thing to capture. And we've been able to do that, fortunately, over the last probably eight to ten years and try to push the envelope a little bit further each year uh, or with each class that we recruit. Um, you got to have players that make plays. Uh, there's got to be some timing. There's got to be some trust. There's got to be some luck. Uh, there's got to be some opportunities um, that, uh, that that present themselves to be able to, to approach some of those things we want to get done. Uh, but, you know, you look back in the, the course of early 2000s, some of the same stuff that we're running now is called and run the same way we did 20 years ago. And I'm not going to go as far as if it's broke, don't fix it. But if, if it's not broke, then, then just, just tweak it. Don't change it because what's good is good. We were trying to make good. Great. We're trying to make great elite. How do we do that? Well, that's not revamping things. That's just tweaking things, whether it's sets or motions or athleticism or length or speed. Uh, but, but it's been a, been, been a recipe for, for success for, for, for a very long time here. I've witnessed a lot of players, a lot of coaches uh, that have a lot of great ideas and try to kind of collaborate all those ideas and, and integrate a lot of those ideas from years past as we head into the future. And so uh, we, we want to make changes, coach, coach, or tweaks, not changes. Coach Chapin has his, his, his certain tweaks that he's added to uh, our offense. But again, you know, it, it's players that make plays. we got to put them in position to make plays. We got to build trust through the players. And again, we're eight quarters in. There's a ton of football to go. Uh, but uh, I, I, I certainly believe that we got the players and the coaches that are willing and wanting uh, to push the standard here to meet and exceed the standard that we've had for the last, you know, like you said, 10 to 15 years offensively. So um, yet to be determined. Um, it's a uh, it's a tough team we're facing, obviously, in, in three facets. Uh, Saturday, offense, defense, and special teams. But uh, it uh, it's certainly something that uh, we're always pushing no matter who the personnel we have. Aaron Best joining us, uh, Eastern Washington head football coach here uh, on Nuanas Now across the sidelines, presented by Vance Thompson Vision. Big Sky play upon us, Montana State heading to Eastern Washington to open up conference play. 
Uh, Coach, many, many battles with the Bobcats. You guys have uh, actually had a pretty lopsided uh, level of success against MSU. The loss last year, I think, snapped a seven-game winning streak uh, over Montana State. And I think uh, 32 out of the 43 times these two teams have played, Eastern Washington's come out on top. I know that the history is irrelevant when it comes to this week's matchup. The Bobcats objectively look much different, and that's what happens when you lose a senior class like they lost and when you don't have guys like Troy Anderson running around anymore. Uh, But still a lot to like about this MSU team as well. What do you see when you turn on the film uh, for Montana State? Well, I'll tell you, they're they're built from the front back, as always. Uh, you got to win along the the lines of scrimmage. So all of a sudden you're talking about defensive linemen that they rotate five or six guys in. Uh, they got enough edge presence, presence even without uh, the likes of Daniel Hardy last year where you had to account for him individually. He is a phenomenal player, phenomenal motor, and he made a ton of plays each and every game um, and on special teams. Uh, but you, you do. You, you lose some, some some experience. You lose some guys that are that are NFL I mean, three NFL players right now uh, that are that are on or or, or will be on active rosters. Uh, they they challenge you. They trust their their DBs, uh, whether it's in three match or man, or they're just playing cover two. They expect their corners to tackle when they are in a, a two situation, and they create it from up front. They want to get the quarterback uneasy. They want to stop your run game. And on the flip side, when you're talking offensively, they want to run the ball. They want to lean on the front, even though they've lost a few guys from. From, from last year's offensive line. They have a quarterback or two uh, that obviously add to the run game, so it's an extra hat, an extra gap. Uh, the RPO off of the, uh, the the run game and the quarterback run game, uh, they're going to be RPO-based at times. And if you challenge them in man, they're going to try to win their one-on-ones on the outside, which they did last year with McCutcheon a few times, uh, who was a phenomenal player as well. So they're, they're, they're going to be – they're going to be patient in how they do things. They're going to lean on the run on offense. They're going to continue to try to stop the run on defense, and they're going to make you be one-dimensional. And in turn, we're going to try to make them one-dimensional at, at the same time. So uh, we've got to be gap sound. Our eyes got to be in the right place. We've got to count for the quarterback in all situations, run and or pass. Um, and then on special teams, that might be the tipping point. You know, the, the start field position start for both teams, that might factor in based on weather or wind. Uh, based on kicks or punts, uh, based on coverage and or returns. That might be the tipping point in this game when you have two teams that are really good and they're trying to be better than one another. And it might That play might happen in the first quarter, might happen in the fourth quarter, but they're all the plays are going to matter. Establishing the run for both teams, stopping the run for both teams, and then really the, the addition of their quarterback run game is the scariest part of their offense and has been since uh, Troy play both offense, defense, special teams, quarterback, DN, linebacker, safety, you name it, uh, from you know, four or five years ago. So it hasn't changed necessarily, but the personnel has changed, but they're still very dynamic in all three phases. Montana State at Eastern Washington, one of the showdowns of the week of the FCS and the Big Sky Conference. Aaron Best joining us here on Across the Sidelines. Coach, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Best of luck. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate it, Coulter. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Welcome back. It's raining today, so I decided to play my favorite summer bop. <laughs> no one's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Appreciate you for hanging out here on this drizzly Thursday. 
Uh, Jack Weatherman told me 100% chance of rain this afternoon. We need it. Better than the smoke, am I right? Time now for our How Highlights. How Highlights is presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller. Ryan Holloway and Miller Law Firm has established a strong, well-earned reputation with their respected attorneys in criminal defense and personal injury. Nate Holloway can handle the most complex criminal defense cases, while Paul Ryan is known for his high acumen for DUIs. Angie Miller has a biology degree, which gives her an elevated expertise in evaluating personal injury medical malpractice cases. Together, the trio can help you no matter your legal need. Case evaluation is free, and the phone line is open 24-7. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. How highlights uh, most often featuring a one-on-one interview with Montana head coach Bobby Houck. Was not able to catch him before practice yesterday, so we'll keep on working out that, but I did go to his coach's show last night and uh, listened intently while he talked with Riley Corcoran, and uh, here is a uh, synopsis of what Bobby Houck said last night. I got my trusty notepad, old school, you know, pen and paper. The The description and the, and the logistics of their trip to Terre Haute, Terre Haute I'm going to get this right and never say it again, Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, very fascinating. They didn't go in there until Friday night, and uh, they got up, played the game, and they got out of there. So they were there for less than 24 hours. That seems very on-brand uh, with Bobby Houck and the way he likes to travel. Uh, business trips, as he always likes to say. He acknowledged the the atmosphere there and uh, you know playing a road game for the first time this year as maybe contributing to uh, a slower start for the Grizz. And, and they gave up a 54-yard touchdown in the first uh, quarter, and then they locked in and did not give up any offensive points to the Sycamores the rest of the way. Uh, he did highlight a couple individuals, which is a, a rarity when it comes to uh, Coach Auk. He pointed out Derry Todd and Kale Edwards, a couple guys that haven't got as much love, but I, I'm loving the way Kale Edwards is playing. He is with the twos, but he's getting a ton of snaps defensively. He's a high-motor, strong, and very athletic guy. He's really, really fast. Doing a great job running down on kickoffs as well. He had a highlight reel tackle against South Dakota. And then when Patrick O'Connell notched one of his two-and-a-half sacks, it was Cale Edwards that picked it up, scooped and scored. Once he got the ball, I knew uh, that nobody was going to catch him. He's, he's one of the fastest guys on the team, not just fastest uh, defensive lineman, but one of the fastest players on the Grizzlies, which is impressive considering he's six foot five, two 240 pounds. So... Uh, a lot of upside for Kale Edwards. Uh, definitely a guy to keep your eye on. He's hard to miss because he's wear, he's one of the tallest guys on the team, and he's also wearing number zero, so pretty atypical number there for a defensive end. But Bobby Houck said that he has really liked the hard work and the development that he's been able to put in. Coach Houck then went on to describe uh, a lot of the, the same stuff that we had identified and that we had talked about on this show um, in terms of the run-pass option stuff. And so... Yeah, one one nuance I think is sometimes lost in my in my conversation with just fans and and people that follow football. There's always criticism about the offensive coordinator and the offensive play calling. No matter what school you're following, what school you're covering, you know what teams you're watching. Everybody's got better plays in their uh, little notebook on their phone or whatever than the offensive coordinator does. <laughs> I get it. I'm always screaming on the big sky breakdown too. You know, throw it to the tight end. Okay, I got, I got you. Attack the middle of the field. You know that sort of stuff. It seems so obvious. The thing that, for better and worse, in modern day college football, is that it, it's always back to the future, right? What so many? What the RPO is, what the run pass option is, is what the veer option used to be. It's just a completely different way of doing it in terms of your personnel and your blocking schemes. But in its essence, what most college football teams that run read-based spread offenses, which is pretty much everybody's running at least some element of a spread within their scope of their offensive scheme, and pretty much everybody's running some element of read option stuff, or, or just read-based offenses in, in general. So what that means is the offensive coordinator is not calling a play. They're calling a concept. They're, they're diagnosing a, a box, the front that they're seeing. And then the quarterback is making a decision. So they might have a personnel group on the field, and it's a read-based package. 
But when they snap the ball, now it's all up to Lucas Johnson in the case of the Grizz or all up to Tommy Mallott in the case of the Bobcats or, or Sean Chambers or whoever might be in the game. Chris Brown got some time against Indiana State, whatever. When they're running the read-based stuff, it's the quarterback's decision then to distribute the ball based on what the defense is doing. So did Montana go into Indiana State with the intention of throwing for 336 yards and, and, and throwing you know four passing touchdowns? No, they went into the intention with to run their read-based stuff, and when Indiana State loaded the box, now it's the quarterback making the right decision. The reason the RPO could be so deadly for Montana, though, is because Lucas Johnson is not only a savvy decision-maker who can get the ball out of his hands quick, he also has a great pocket presence. He also can extend the play outside the pocket. He's a running threat, but he also has a quick release. And more than anything, though, the Grizz have better athletes than almost anybody they're going to play this year on the perimeter. So I was saying on Monday that I think that the way that Montana truly can slay the Giants, that truly can win a national championship and, and get over the top, particularly if they play North Dakota State or maybe even South Dakota State, is by letting it fly, airing it out, using their athletes out of the slot, attacking the seam, all that stuff. But a lot of that's going to be predicated on what the defense does, especially if they keep on running this read-based offense. And so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Portland State, with their flex defense, is going to be running a, you know, a five-man front. They're going to have six guys in the box at all times, maybe even creep up seven. What do you do then? You know, Portland State's defense is designed first and foremost to eliminate the run. They have great defensive backs, really athletic back end in the secondary, so they can play man. But I don't know if anybody can man up Aaron Fonson, Junior Bergen, and Malik Flowers. Flowers still developmental uh, player at receiver, even though he's, he's been better catching the ball this year and running routes and things like that. But Fonson and, and Bergen, if you get them in the slot, you get them a mismatch, they're running uh, you know skinny posts or option routes, good luck. You know Those guys are elite. Those guys are as good athletes as, as you're going to find at this level of football. And uh, so th- I think that's a huge matchup to watch. But I-, I guess what I'm getting at is a lot of times what the offense is doing is based on what the defense is doing. And then it just comes down to the s- decision-making of your quarterback. And I think that's where you've seen the Grizz look so much better this year is it's not just that Lucas Johnson is more talented than the options that they had at quarterback a year ago. It's also that he's a better decision maker. He knows how to get the ball out of his hands quickly. It's our How highlights presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller Law. Uh, just paraphrasing some of the stuff that Bobby Houck said at his coach's show last night with Riley Corcoran. I'm going to try to maybe get some sound from that coach's show moving forward too because it is insightful and obviously Riley's a great friend and, and collaborator uh, with us and of ours. So um, stay tuned. Stay tuned on that for sure. Uh, Coach Elk last night, though, he admitted he was nervous before the game. That, that was interesting. Hasn't had a lot of success in the Eastern time zone. I, I don't know if that's a product. Of, well, I, I know what it's a product of. Most of the time they're going out there to play really big-time games. I mean, Montana's, uh, I think they had lost seven, eight, nine games in a row in the East Coast t- uh, time zone. But, you know, part of that is, you know, three national championship games in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You know, part of that's going out there to play James Madison in the playoffs in 2008, which they actually won. So some of it's the opponent. I don't think you can make too much into like the the time difference as much as just you know the scope, the the point and where those games have landed uh, within the season. I also thought Coach Halk was very insightful when he was talking about what he calls the spirit of improvement, and, and I think it's actually a pretty good baseline for uh, what most what most. Uh, health gurus would tell you for your own life too. base your way of thinking and your baseline of your own personal gain via are you doing better than yourself don't compare yourself to other people that's what coach Houck said too he said we're not comparing ourselves to other teams we're only comparing ourselves to ourselves and what our standard is and so if I know that we're meeting our standard, then I also know that we're going to get better. If we aren't meeting our standard, then I know we're not going to get better. So the spirit of improvement lies within the analysis within their walls. And I think uh, a wise way to look at things, but also I think uh, a very good practice when you run the style of program that Bobby Houck likes to run at Montana. 
Uh, a staff that I knew, but I, we hadn't touted yet on this show that I thought was just impressive and worth mentioning. Montana gave up just 21 points in their non-conference. One of those was on a defensive touchdown. The other two were on gash run plays. Travis Tice scored a 25-yard touchdown for South Dakota uh, with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter in week two. And then Justin Dinka scored a 54-yard touchdown in the first quarter for Indiana State. That means, though, and this is such an amazing stat, that no opposing offense has made it into the red zone against the Grizz so far this year. So they don't even have a red zone defensive percentage yet. <laughs> I guess it's either 0 or 100 because they haven't actually played a play uh, in the red zone. So I guess that would render it 0. Um, he talked about the slow start again. Uh, he did praise Aaron Fonts and Junior Bergen individually as well. So they were tremendous playmakers, which uh, is a – if you get the word tremendous, usually guys are good, and they're doing a good job. They're working hard. You know, they're improving. They're doing what we're asking them to. They're good. Uh, he said tremendous when it comes to Aaron Fonts and Junior Bergen. I agree. Uh, I just think that uh, that's how you know that, uh, that Coach Houck, um really is liking what he's seeing. He talked about um, – Portland State and their schedule so far. A narrow loss at San Jose State where the Vikings really just gave the game away. Uh, but he said, quote, they really gloved up San Jose State. They were able to play man on the perimeter, and they were able to uh, really shut San Jose State down in the passing game. So uh, that's translatable when it comes to the big sky. I think Portland State will be good in the secondary. Uh, Coach Hawk also said he expects this team to look a little bit different than what Bruce Barnum's teams have typically looked like on offense. Barnum... Uh, was sort of the the torchbearer after Chris Alt retired at Nevada for the pistol offense. And he ran the pistol when Nigel Burton was the head coach there and Barney was the OC there. And they did it to tremendous success in the early 2010s. Uh, Connor Kavanaugh was the first Big Sky Conference quarterback ever to rush for more than 1,000 yards when he did it in uh, 2011. Portland State has always had a high penchant for running the football. They've also had running quarterbacks. Well, they do again in Dante Sachere, but he's an athletic guy. He's not necessarily a quote-unquote running quarterback, but he's a guy that can get outside the pocket a little bit. But they also have a, a veteran and talented group of wide receivers led by Bo Kelly, uh, you know, as well as Darian Chase, Emmanuel Dogbe. So they have some really good talent there at uh, wide receiver. And uh, so Coach Alex said he expects Portland State to run more empty backfield type stuff and more four wide and, and try to take advantage of that speed. Maybe not as much of a heavy run game as Bruce Barnum's teams have normally uh, been trademarked by. The last couple of things he said, he said, we got to win at wide receiver against that man coverage, else we're going to have a long day. I agree. I think that's one of the keys of the game when the Grizz have the football because because of the flex defense, it's going to be tough sledding trying to run it. So they're going to have to win at wide receiver, exploit that man coverage, and uh, take advantage of that. Coach Alk agreed with what I said on the show yesterday, and that is that there's no carryover whatsoever from the game in April of 2021 uh, when Portland State came here uh, in the spring. And uh, then he also went on to say if they can win at wide receiver, that'll also help loosen up that five-man front. That'll maybe help them run the uh, run to the ball, or excuse me, run the ball against Portland State. And uh, defensively, he said, just keep doing what we're doing, baby. Keep on partying on the pile. Keep running the football and uh, keep on playing this lights-out defense they played three weeks into this season. So there you go. How highlights presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller Law. Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. How about some high school action? We'll get you set up for all the matchups across the state, and we'll hear from Hamilton High School's outstanding quarterback, Tyson Bowder, courtesy of Andrew Houghton. That's next. Keep it right here. The one is now ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Thursday. Let's talk some high school football. Tyson Boder, the Hamilton High School quarterback, will join us here in just a couple seconds. Uh, no Thursday games tonight, at least from my scouring of the internet. There has been Thursday games, but none uh, yet. Uh, or none tonight, excuse me. There has been pretty consistent Thursday games throughout the uh, first month of the season here, but none tonight, or none this week, excuse me. Here's the slate, though, uh, for the AA uh, for football. Tomorrow night, Gallatin 
plays uh, against Great Falls High in the Electric City. Great Falls CMR plays Billings Senior in the Magic City. Helena High comes here to Missoula to take on Sentinel. Glacier plays at Capitol. That's the game of the week in the AA. Hellgate plays Flathead. Big Sky plays at Butte. Skyview plays against the Bozeman Hawks. Billings West plays at Belgrade. Uh, so interesting uh, slate there. Um, when it comes to Class A, Haver is at Miles City. Livingston is at undefeated Billings Central. Glendive plays Lockwood. Laurel plays Hardin. Sydney plays undefeated Lewistown. Ronan plays Browning. Butte Central plays Corvallis. Frenchtown plays Dillon. Stevensville plays Hamilton in a little uh, cross Bitterroot Valley clash. East Helena plays Whitefish, and uh, that's your Class A. So here is an interview with Hamilton High's outstanding quarterback from our Andrew Houghton. Rolling along here with Tyson Bowder, the junior quarterback of the Hamilton Bronx. Hamilton, the defending Class A state champions, off to a great start in 2022 as well. 4-0 after they beat Butte Central. 42-0 on Friday with Tyson leading the way. So Tyson, first of all, thanks for taking the time with us here today. Of course. I'm glad to be here. Yo, I just wanted to ask you off the top. What it's been like early in the season this year, new role for you, a lot of new roles for the team. How have you guys been able to keep it rolling so well? Oh, you know, it's our coaches, they just put us in line, and we've just all adapted very well. And our linemen, very strong men, they've put the work in. All our receivers, we're ready to go for another state title this year. For sure, and you specifically... Replacing Tyson Rostad at quarterback, uh, you know, they've, they've had a Rostad playing quarterback up there at Hamilton for several of the past few years. What was it like for you switching over from wide receiver? I know you played a little bit of defensive back as well, but what's the transition been like for you now going behind center? Oh, it's definitely a bigger responsibility for sure compared to receiver, but I've adapted to it, and it's just I've gotten used to it. Uh, yeah, I've had some big shoes to fill in, but... Coach Carver's helped me keep my stress level down, just focusing on myself. and just, He trusts me and knows what I can do with the ball. When did Coach Carver tell you that you were probably going to be the guy at quarterback? I mean, is it something that you've known for a while, or was it just this summer I, before the season? I knew pretty well knowing when, Ross, or when Tyson graduated that I was going to fill in and be the new quarterback, considering I was playing quarterback throughout middle school. It's Tyson Bowder. The new starting quarterback at Hamilton High School joining us here on Nuanez now. Tyson helping the Bronx off to a 4-0 start as they look to defend their Class A state title from last year. And so you had some experience at quarterback, but what was it like getting back into it? What sort of tripped you up as you were getting back into it? What was the biggest thing that you sort of had to relearn? Oh, definitely just staying, like, stress-free, not like freaking out or shaking, just being calm. And the coaches have told me that, and it's really helped me. And through each game, I can tell I'm going to be getting better and better at the position. And it's a really good, it's a really great learning experience for me. Definitely, you guys have started off the season really well. Thirty-five nothing win over Corvallis. Thirty-four-seven win over Dillon. Uh, and then a little bit more of a tough one in your third game, a twenty-seven twenty win over Frenchtown to stay undefeated. Take me back to that game. What was it like, you know, being tested really for the first time this season against Frenchtown? Oh, yeah. Well, just leading up for the game, we had to practice inside all week, which threw us off, and we just never got a feel to, like, be on the grass or our turf and, like, get a really good feeling of, like, you know, me throwing to my receivers because the smoke was just really bad and hazardous. So that was really unfortunate. But we we, uh, stuck with our composure pulled through, and we knew we could do it. Very good, and you guys went on to roll over Butte Central last week and play in Stevensville this week. Anything in particular that you're looking out from that game? I mean, what do you expect that matchup to be like this week? Uh, you know, it's a rival game. They're battle of the bitter for sure. They, you know, they have a really good running back, Kellen Beller. If we stop him, I think, you know, we'll just do our own thing, keep doing our thing. It won't stop us. Tyson Boder, the quarterback down at Hamilton, joining us for a little prep extra here on Nuanez Now as the Bronx 
off to a 4-0 and start. Tell me a little bit more, Tyson, about sort of the other guys on the team who are helping your transition to quarterback. I know you've got a great receiver in Eli Taylor, Andrew Frederick yep. at running back. Uh, tell me a little bit more about those guys and anybody else who you've really been leaning on this year. Oh, yeah, I would say definitely, first of all, I'd have to thank my linemen. They're all very big, very strong men. They take the game very serious as much as I do, and we all have that drive to win, and so that's what helps a lot. And my uh, tight end, Lucas Lant, if anything goes wrong, he calms me down, you know, realizes, hey, it's just a game, and then it helps me a lot. And so without those guys, I wouldn't be the man who I am today. Very cool, man. Well, anything else? that you've been thinking about this season as you're sort of taking over at quarterback there at Hamilton? Um, I would say just winning another state title. That's all we want. That's our goal for this year. Staying positive for sure. You know, if things go rough, you know, short-term memory loss, next play, we go. We mentioned the Rostad brothers, Carson and Tyson Rostad, who sort of preceded you at quarterback for the Bronx, and they're now both up at the University of Montana. Have you gotten a chance to watch them with the Grizz really this uh, year? Well, I've noticed that Carson plays uh, on the special team, so I've seen him play on kickoff. Saw him get a couple of tackles. Pretty cool. I know you played at least with Tyson and, and probably watched Carson play as well. What's it like yeah. having two guys like that in the program who are going on then to play Division One football? Uh, it's pretty cool, actually, you know. They're big leaders, great great people, good family. You know, we used to hang out a lot. I, I used to hang out with their family a lot. You know, they're pretty great people to be around. I enjoy them. And just, it was it was a lot to look up to, but I've settled in, you know, just pulled down a little bit. And it's nice to know that we just, we just need to win our state title. It's Tyson Boder. The latest in a long line of skilled Hamilton quarterbacks down there in the Bitterroot as the Bronx getting off to a 4-0 start in Tyson's first year starting at quarterback. They're looking to defend their Class A state title from last year. Tyson Boder going to be a big part of that. And Tyson, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day, joining us here and giving us a little insight on you guys trying to defend your state title. I appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 